jasoncharles.net. Deep, deep talk, talk, deep, deep sounds. sounds. This is Body Tonic Radio with Jennifer DeLuca on jasoncharles.net. This is Body Tonic Radio on jasoncharles.net. I'm your host, Jennifer DeLuca, and today I am hanging out with Carla Stangenberg and Joe Miller, two of my absolute favorite yoga teachers. I'll tell you a little about them. I first met Joe Miller at the Movement Salon in what must have been the very early days of his teaching, but I immediately saw him as an expert. Joe teaches yoga classes and workshops in yoga anatomy and physiology all over the world. You can find his writing and interviews in numerous publications, including Yoga Journal and the New York Times. He is part of the teacher training staff at Now Yoga in New York City and other locations abroad. I actually first met Carla in a bar <laughs> through our mutual mentor, Cindy Lee. Do you remember that? I yeah. do. Yeah. Yes. Carla is the co-owner of Jaya Yoga Center in Brooklyn, New York, now opening its third home. With that, she has created an enormous Brooklyn community of grounded and healthy people. Thank you, Carla. She also directs the Jaya Teacher Training Program and teaches numerous anatomy trainings. Welcome, you guys. It's good to be with you both. It's great to be here. Thank you. <laughs> you know, it was really fun going into your websites and reading your bios. There was a lot of really interesting information there that I didn't really know. So, Joe, in your bio, you mentioned having this feeling of being disembodied and that this led you to yoga. Could you talk a little bit more about that feeling? Uh, sure, sure. I think it was mostly, a, I think, a kind of a, a limited self-image, you know, that I had a kind of a concept of who I was that I think wasn't really accurate or at least wasn't complete. But when I was growing up, I was, you know, I was a bookworm. I was definitely not an athlete. I wasn't a dancer. I didn't really do much in terms of sports and and that was kind of who I sort of saw myself as being. And I think I, I had never really been very interested in the competitive aspect of sports. And I think maybe that's kind of the way that I saw just the idea of kind of athleticism or being in your body as I saw it as about being sort of performance oriented in some way and wasn't really connected to the idea of kind of the internal sensation of being in my own body and kind of connected to the feeling of sort of joy that you can get through movement. When uh, I moved to New York, I was, <laughs> believe it or not, uh, a skinny uh, young man. And, uh, <laughs> and now I'm a skinny old man. But, um, but uh, I really, I was really thin. I wanted to, I wanted to build up. So I joined the Y uh, on 23rd Street and I started lifting weights and um, it wasn't really very successful at uh, bulking up. But I started to enjoy the feeling of getting stronger. Um, and they had yoga classes there. And I took the yoga classes and really enjoyed them. I think because I started to connect to like kind of the feeling of being in my body, of just that there was some, you know, feeling of kind of joy or, or pleasure in some way that I was able to find, mostly through relaxation at that point. And then as I started to get more deeply into yoga and I discovered vinyasa yoga, 
I also started to kind of connect a little bit more to the joy of just being able to to do a lot of things, you know, to feel like my body was kind of capable and strong, which wasn't really something that I had in my self-image as a as a young person. So, yeah, yeah, to feel able-bodied. Yeah, to feel able-bodied. And also, I think, just to connect to the value of the, the sensation of movement and being embodied. Mm. Carla, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about your bio, too, because you mentioned somebody being very important, but then you don't really go into why they were so important. Mm. So I'm kind of curious about this person, Wendell Beavers, that you met at NYU. Who Who is Wendell, and what is it about Wendell? I'm so glad you asked. Um, <laughs> Wendell Beavers is one of, he was my movement teacher at NYU. Uh, I think it was like the first class I went into that was in this studio that we were studying in an experimental theater wing at Tisch School of the Arts. Mm -hmm. And he was teaching developmental movement. Mm. So he just took us from, as developmental movement does, from the ground up. And so we were using it for, you know, because we were performers and theater people and such, and we were using it with the goal of, you know, being a better actor and ensemble member and understanding space, time, and shape and all of these other aspects of being a theater maker. But in the process of going from the you know, undulations on the ground for months and months at a time to mm. building up the uh, organization in the body, like going over that process again, it felt like it delivered me to my body in a way that I had never experienced before. And it was just delightful. I did have the experience of being well within my body, but this took it to another level of intricacy and, um, it helped me be a bit more self-possessed. It just gave me uh, parameters and good boundaries mm. in terms of physical movement. So I just, oh God, I think the world of him today still, this is now I've been in New York for 25 years as of this past August, and still I am using what he taught me. I am using all of that work that was the foundation and it was from developmental movement, which yeah. just makes sense because that's the foundation anyways. You yeah. know? And we all we all like came from working our way on the floor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so it's really so interesting that you mentioned that process of discovering your body and the whole being on the floor thing, because I consider gram technique a big mm -hmm. part of my like growth spurt mm -hmm. in terms of movement and the whole first 45 minutes of Graham, you're on the floor doing things like from your pelvis, mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. You're not really standing on your legs. And I think a lot of times, even when I have clients come into um, for a Pilates session and something maybe not so obvious is going on, I do bring them to the floor. And a lot of Pilates is on the floor, too. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's a big gift to put to, to be able to get on the floor is a big gift yeah. and then to actually yeah. get on the floor is yeah. a big gift yeah, and continue true, to actually. be able to get on the floor and up <laughs> and off of the off floor the as floor. we get older yeah it's it's yeah. huge yeah. and just changing so our relationship to gravity in terms of move, being movement practitioners that is huge if you want to have a i 
think my opinion would be that if you want to have healthy movement and you want to do this as long as possible, you can't just do it in one way all of the time. Yeah. You have to, you got to do it up. You got to do it down. You got to do it in. You got to do it out. You got to do it left, right, and all of the different directions. Forwards and backwards. Forwards and backwards. So do your handstands on your feet. Yeah. Do your standing poses on your hands, on your sides. So just change. I. I don't know, change yes, the relationship variety. gravity. Variety yeah. is, is so healthy in, in our world. I also wanted to touch into your yoga teacher training. You both did the Om Yoga teacher training with Cindy Lee, as, mm-hmm. as did I many, yeah. many years later. And I have to say, Joe, you're one of the reasons why I did that training, because you were on staff and I, I trusted your judgment. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, what was really nice about the teacher training, I think, for me was container that Cindy will call it a container like she teaches a very sort of clear and organized form and I I really liked that and I was just curious um, how you guys felt about that but also living in that structure and then graduating from it how you made the teacher training your own Joe if you want to start with that uh sure sure yeah yeah Carl and I were class of 2000 right it's true yeah (laughs) yeah wow that was a long time ago um (laughs) Um, it's getting longer and longer and yeah. the more the minutes go by here. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I learned an awful lot from Cindy and it has a lot about Cindy's approach that, um, that I really resonated with, which is why I took the teacher training with her in the first place. And I think uh, a few things that kind of come to mind, you know, Cindy was very big on the idea of kind of middle path and that really appealed to me. I'd been practicing Ashtanga actually for a number of years before I started doing the teacher training. And I didn't really want to take a Ashtanga teacher training. I sort of enjoyed that for myself, but it was, I also recognized it was pretty vigorous and wasn't necessarily accessible to everybody. And so I think Cindy, Cindy really emphasized teaching a practice that was, um, that was vigorous uh, and rigorous, but also wasn't like, you know, grind you into a sticky paste you know? yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so there was some there was some balance between kind of uh, effort and um ease you know she would always talk about how every yoga pose should have shavasana and tadasana in it and just for the listeners i want to just give a couple of uh definitions of things just in case people aren't familiar with yoga like tadasana's mountain pose which is a very sturdy strong standing pose Um, And Shavasana is what we know as corpse pose, which is one where you're really trying to maybe go into more of a passive kind of state. That's the ease and the Tadasana is the effort. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of emphasis on, as you said, a structure, um, but then also the ability to improvise within that structure. So there's both structure and kind of creativity that was valued in her approach. And also I just, you know, I think Cindy really emphasized the importance of teaching that you're not just leading students through class through uh, through poses but that you have a role as a teacher and it's an important role um, and you have a lot to, to contribute to your students lives and I guess maybe along the lines of kind of the no the 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 middle path thing was there's a little bit of a I don't know like a kind of a no bs approach i think mm-hmm. um to cindy's mm-hmm. um teaching where mm-hmm. very realistic like it, yeah it was not like you know it's it's not like it's all love and light um that um that yeah there's things that are not all love and light and and can we you know stay with things that are uncomfortable um rather than kind of pushing them away um so i, I appreciated all of those things about her 
mm-hmm. uh, about her teaching and, and still do to this day. And I think they still really inform. I mean, I don't necessarily teach, I think, in, in exactly the same way that I was taught in Om Yoga teacher training because I'm, my teaching has evolved. But, but all of those things are still really an important part of my teaching. I appreciate what you're saying about how she also left room for creativity. And I think in her words, she would have called it joining heaven and earth. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. And, um, right. and Which just, is, again, the middle path. Right? What is the yeah. middle path? You are listening to Body Tonic Radio on jasoncharles.net. I'm your host, Jennifer DeLuca, and I am sitting here with Carla Stangenberg and Joe Miller talking about the yoga. So, Carla, can you talk a little bit about your experience in the teacher training program at OM with Cindy Lee and what you feel like you got from it in terms of structure and how you feel like it informs how you teach today? I got a lot out of that structure. And you know, I would really be interested in seeing how that structure evolved because we did it and Joe and I did this in 2000 and I would love to see what that structure looks like today. I think we were the third class that she graduated and to me it felt like, you know, coming from that theater arts background, one of the things, takeaways from there was this concept of finding the freedom within the form. And that's what um, Cindy's structure was like to me. It was like, oh, this just perfect, just enough structure that then I could, you know, use my creativity to twirl around three times and like (laughs) make something of my own happen within that structure. And it helped me organize myself. I have to say that I used that structure faithfully for five years solid, teaching upwards of, you know, 15, 20 classes a week for five years. And I knew that thing inside and out, and I relied upon it. And I used it teaching so much, it was necessary to have an organizing principle. And that for that period of time was enormously helpful to me. And it was such a gift. Cindy, as a teacher, and I agree with what Joe said, you know, she, teaching is important to her. We were to refer to ourselves and as teachers, not instructors, and I, that is important to me. And recently I posed that question to people in my Jaya community and said, what do you guys think is the difference between these two words? And so we had this back and forth about it, just because still to this day it's an important term for me. All of the structure of the however many months we were there, she was also able to allow us to have for me to have my voice and that is what I needed I needed just enough freedom but I also needed to be reeled in so I had something substantial to offer people that was consistent but not regimented because I couldn't deal with that anyhow you know yeah as a person who teaches teachers in Pilates I think I'm recognizing what you're saying about um, not giving too much instruction so you're not let out there like a robot just repeating the same thing over and over again she wanted you to be who you were and that kind of brings me to my next question so Carla when I come to take your class every time I'm in your class I'm laughing like part of your approach is definitely to to just you're you're just funny and you are being yourself and Joe, you, you know, you're also, you guys are some of my favorite teachers. And Joe, I feel like your class is a little bit more intellectual, maybe. So you both cultivate these very different environments. But yeah, I still, 
I'm gravitating toward them. And so, you know, with that, I'm also going to throw into this question, like the idea of beginners and new people. And so, you know, you play with the, the humor, the intellectual information. How, how are you pulling all that together to create the space? Or what do you feel like you're getting out of creating that kind of space? And maybe you could talk a little bit about like when new people come into that space. What are you thinking when you make all that happen? The alchemy. Right. You know? Well, yeah. it's a secret. So I actually, I can't tell you guys. I'm sorry. It's like totally privileged information. No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. I'm looking for a laugh. Um, I'm glad that you get some chuckles when you come to class. I am thrilled when people laugh because I am asking, often I'm inviting people to do, to get out of their comfort zone and to do something that is extremely challenging. Just to come into the studio is friggin' hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard. If you are not in your body in a, that way in which we were discussing earlier Mm -hmm. and you feel disconnected and you've been just sort of neck up and in, in, your, in the world in that way for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. And then all of a sudden you're going in there and everybody's wearing these freaking tight clothes and they're, everybody <laughs> looks fancy and they, they know what they're doing. They know where everything is and I don't even know where the bathroom is. You know, what am I supposed to do in this situation? What do I do? I welcome them. I try to be as warm as possible. Um, I try to smile. Sometimes that's hard for me. If anybody knows me it's it's like I'm inside you know I'm inside the the vehicle but it's like wait they're timid I'm familiar here please come into this space come into this world this is where everything is I help orient them helping orient them is one of the most important things that we can do to new people whether um, it's new to the studio in the moment and they've done yoga for however many years or it's just new generally speaking to a movement practice they need some warmth they need some care they need um i think i I don't know what they really need i'm just this is is what i need you know so i'm gonna give them what i need i think again the humor with regard to i don't try to be funny i guess people find me amusing thank god because it's difficult and they should get a little laugh out of it as they're holding hanumanasana that's the i slipped on a banana peel pose and you know they should have a moment of like levity while they're trying to do something challenging you know if or if they get a moment of levity well wonderful because then they won't leave being like oh my god that was so hard and they'll be so sad and never want to come back we want them to come back don't you want them to come back you want them to come back i want them to come back why do i want them to come back there are so many reasons but one of them is is one of them is for them at least yeah (laughs) (laughs) and so and joe you have a, a different vibe in the room, and but I love it. So yeah, but it. but everything that both you and Carla said was like totally resonates with me. And kind of the way that I think about it is, I try to create a a container, um, as you mentioned before, that word a container where where people can learn. And I think that means, first of all, that there has to be some sense of safety and some sense of you know, as Carla said, of, of, of being welcomed, because if you're feeling stressed out and fight or flight mode kicks in, then, you know, then always our, you know, our response is to be reactive and to, and to basically kind of fall into habit. And of course, if we're just acting habitually, like there's not really any room for us to be able to learn anything. Mm -hmm. So I think there has to be a feeling of kind of safety and feeling like, oh yeah, like I I feel appreciated and and that I have the space to be able to explore. And at the same time, for us to be able to learn anything new, there has to be some challenge. 
right? So like how do you offer challenge, how to kind of excite people's curiosity and to stimulate them with uh, novelty, you know, with like with something new that kind of that excites them um, and at the same time not overwhelming them to the point where they just become reactive and stressed out and they can't learn anything. Yeah. It's just I kind of continue to try to mm-hmm. like figure that out and it's an ongoing process. I have a, um, a distinct memory in one of your classes actually where I, I, I stole this and I use it that exemplifies what you're talking about, about like a curiosity that's not too hard, but it definitely kind of anchors your mind where you had us in a twist sitting, you know, just twisting, rotating our spines, turning to one side. And you said, now try sticking your tongue in the cheek of the direction that you're turning in. And so everybody stuck their tongue in their cheek in the direction they're turning. And you could turn a little further. (laughs) Nobody got hurt in the process. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I I think it's great. I think what both of you do too is, you know, you mentioned safety. I think what both of you do is you create a safe space where people feel comfortable there, but you also do a lot of demystifying. I think both of you are able to demystify what's going on through the body, whether it's through like some textbook information or a laugh or an interesting exploration you guys are able to do that. And I, I think that's one of the things that I experienced very early on in your classes. So we don't have a lot of time left and God, I could talk to you guys forever. So hopefully there'll be a part two. But what I'd like to <laughs> mention is um, to the audience that you should check out both of these guys, their Instagram accounts, because they're both really interesting. Um, you can find Joe like hopping around like a frog uh, somewhere on the West Side Highway. Um, or <laughs> you could see you could see Carla in her hallway or uh, you know, doing some kind of movement vignette or um, she's got some great haikus. So definitely do that. But I do want to talk about one more thing before we say goodbye, which is I want to talk about Shavasana, which we mentioned earlier, which is corpse pose. Um, actually, when you teach kids, you call it like starfish pose. Um, so you're lying down, you're on your back, your limbs are easily just kind of falling to the sides of you. And the challenge of corpse pose is to, of course, just be dead. <laughs> um, no thoughts, no tension in the body. And a lot of times you can read certain things from the room in Shavasana, I bet. And it's not uncommon for people to cry. Like I've even, I've cried in Shavasana. And I was just wondering if you guys could talk a little bit about that pose and the power of that pose. Carla, if you want to take that. Um of course, I would like to. Do that. <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> cheap one, cheap, cheap. <laughs> but good. Um, that has been a challenging pose for me to practice um, myself. I am always stunned to observe what does happen in the class and to feel the shift. What what I get is a shift when the shift happens when they're left there long enough, for the shift of energy really that happens and. Yeah, sometimes when the shift of energy happens, there people cry. Emotions come up, and it's maybe not even out of sadness. It's just a release. Um, and it's so powerful to be in a room with people who finally, after all the contortions, if you would, of the asana practice and the mudra practice and the pranayama practice to just put all of that stuff down. And then... If 
some repatterning has happened that the, and there is a release of an emotional release or even sometimes somebody falling asleep is some sort of release maybe they're tired of course but this unwinding on the subtle body level i mean it's kind of remarkable it's it's invisible in some way unless it is you know tears rolling down the face but you can it's like a feeling something one can feel and I think it at, at this point, I realize it is really an important pose. I found it challenging to practice myself for a long time and as a result would sort of not give enough time in it in my teaching practice. But that has shifted as so many other things have. I feel the necessity of it. And in fact, I ring the bell. I ring a bell at the end of three times um, at the end of class. And just really recently in the last several months, I've noticed that, wow, nobody is moving mm. when I hit the bell the mm. first time, the second time, even the third time, there's pause. So it's like we're ready to just stay within that state longer. Mm. And Joe, what do you pick up on when you're watching the whole room? It's beautiful, first of all, actually. I mean, to see, I mean, it sounds a little bit odd to say that, but it is, to see a whole room full of people just lying on their back with their eyes closed in a public space mm -hmm. and being in New York City um, and feeling that it's safe enough to be able to mm -hmm. do that. And I suppose I think that that's really where the crying, that's part of it, I think, is just that it's it feels like, oh, it's a safe place to to allow those um, those emotions to come through. It's a letting go. Yeah, it's and if, and, yeah, exactly. And exactly. that's and it's often that's like the hardest thing to do in life is to really just completely let go, you know. And so you're, it's like a vulnerability that we're getting. Okay, I lied before. One last question. Okay, so you've been in the industry, both of you, for a long time. What do you think about where yoga is, and and where do you think it's headed? Is there is there something that concerns you about the industry, or or something that you're really excited about? I like what's happening right now. I like it a lot. I like how all of the stuff that I studied with Wendell Beavers, people are now incorporating into their asana practices is what I see because then it makes it easier for me to incorporate it and then I'm not just some weirdo over here in Brooklyn doing it. <laughs> um, I am excited by that because I think it helps people's bodies stay healthy. I also see it in just the fitness industry in general with CrossFit and where CrossFit is, seems to be going. Um, that's a sort of a different topic. Um, not really. It's all movement to me. I think just the work that people have been doing with handstands and stuff and changing the way in which the handstand is done and finding a line instead of cocking the head. And the, the handstands are getting so much stronger. Uh, I just think all the arm balances are really exploding and I think it's exciting. Yeah, it's I good to see people on their hands actually. Yeah, it's good to it's, see people use like the, and yeah. that we don't have to be like, oh well, yoga is more than just the asana practice. Like we don't have to add that shtick to our story any longer as teachers because we did that for the past ten years and you know what? People got it. Yeah. People get it. They realize there's there's philosophy. Yeah. Ah, there's philosophy. Okay, there's mudra, there's pranayama, there's restorative. There's all different ways in, and it's not just a physical practice. Like it's established. I mean, at least over here in Brooklyn, it is. What, yeah. are, what are they doing in Manhattan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I, I agree with you. I see a lot of the same thing going on. I see a lot of more interest in a greater variety of movement and types of movement and and also kind of that idea of kind of cross-pollination with the fitness world, which is something I think is really only happening pretty recently. I think, you know, for a long time, there was a real separation between kind of the yoga world and the fitness world, which is something I really became aware of when I was in graduate school. And, uh, and I think also there's, um, there's more interest now in terms of the scientific basis behind yoga practice. There's more interest in research mm-hmm. um, and kind of grounding yoga practice in a little bit more clear scientific view you know, of movement and rather than seeing it as something kind of completely apart from everything else. Um, so I like that. I think, uh, I think it's exciting. Yeah. I am so thrilled that you guys were able to join me today to talk about the yoga. And, um, and I really look forward to having another conversation in the future. I feel like there's so much more that we could talk about and there's so much more that you guys could share with the public. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you, Jennifer. Thanks, Jennifer. This is Jennifer DeLuca, your host of Body Tonic Radio, talking with Carla Stangenberg and Joe Miller on jasoncharles.net. Body Tonic Radio with Jennifer DeLuca on jasoncharles.net.